Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, and I'm the lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska, and I am so excited that you are listening into this podcast today, and and I am super excited because we are finishing up our uh, series on being rich uh, in what matters most. Uh, It's been a great five-week journey and uh, a great uh, time to be able to talk to you guys and and I appreciate you guys listening in. Uh, we are, like I said, we're finishing up. So if you've missed uh, some previous weeks, obviously we would love for you to to catch up using our podcast, previous podcast. Just jump in and, and start with uh, week one or, or wherever you want to start in. Uh, but I also want to do a recap uh, for for you for this, this uh, episode, this podcast. Um, just kind of we've learned to understand we've learned that there is good news and bad news. <laughs> the good news is that we are rich, and the bad news is we are rich. Uh, the good news is you live with rich people opportunities, and the bad news is because you're rich, it's harder to depend on God. Our wealth can distract us from life's greatest uh, priorities. And the reality is we have a greater responsibility because we are rich. Uh, the second week, we saw the deceitfulness of wealth that if you love money, you never have enough. We also saw that it's increasingly difficult to give big, and we recognize that you can have money in the bank but no peace in your heart. The third week, we talked about giving more because we have more. And the last uh, episode, we, we talked about being or doing more because God has blessed us with more. So today, what I want to do is conclude our series uh, by giving you a key thought. Uh, so if you've been taking notes any time during this series, uh, you want to write this down. It's very important. And you'll know this to be very true. What you do with your money and time reveals what you value in your heart. Okay, so let me say it again if you want to write that down. What you do with your money and your time reveals what you value in your heart. And Jesus said it this way. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I would love to raise a, a very difficult question today that you can talk about maybe in your life groups, wherever you guys are at, or maybe within your, with your, within your family, with your spouse, um, whatever it might be, okay? And that is this. What, this is the question I want to ask. What does the way you spend your money and invest your time say that you really value, okay? Think about that for a second. How does the way you spend your money and invest your time, what does that say you truly value, all right? Because the way we spend our money and invest our time shows what we value in our hearts. Now, we recognize that we are rich, and I hope over the last five weeks here, um, you guys are understanding that, that we are a rich people. And I want to talk to you today about being rich in the right way. Because if we're not careful, we can be rich in the wrong way. Which is exactly what happened in a story Jesus told in Luke. So let's turn to Luke chapter 12, and read from 16 through 21. Here's what it says. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. 
I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Now, some of you have probably heard that saying before of eat, drink, and be merry. Uh, what we take a lot of times is we say, hey, Jesus said we celebrate. Well, one, Jesus didn't say this. This is a parable of the rich ruler, okay, or the rich rich man. And so uh, we have to also take the second part. So listen to what he says. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. He says, this is how it will be for those who store up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. I want you to think about something for a minute and realize this. God was not angry with the man because he was rich. Who gave him the wealth? God gave him the wealth. And then God called him a fool, not because he was rich, but because he was rich in the wrong way. God called him a fool because he was rich toward himself. He wasn't rich in what mattered most. He wasn't rich toward God. Okay, He wasn't rich toward God. The good news is there is a way that we can be rich toward God. Now, I want you to know, as I've been talking to you guys over through this podcast for the past few weeks, this series uh, has actually had an impact on me, not convincing me of things that I need to do, but what God has already given me. And that's really the spirit of this, this series. It's not what we're going to be. It's what we already are and what we already have through Christ. And so if you have uh, a chance to look at your Bibles, and we're going to look again, uh, once again, in 1 Timothy chapter 6. That's where we've been for the last five weeks, talking mainly out of uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 through 19. It's Paul speaking to the, the kid that he's mentoring, who's leading a significant church. Okay, and, and he says these, these things. Here's what he says. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up a treasures. They will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. He says, "A life that is truly life," as though to say, some of us may be living life that isn't real at all. Is it possible that the Apostle Paul would maybe know that in a moment, uh, as in this podcast, okay, in a situation like this, that there might be those of us who said yes to Christ? Okay? We might profess him, we want to follow him, and yet we are living lives that are counterfeit to the wrong thing. Yes, it's absolutely possible. And I believe it is the heart of God that we would look at this text and, and realize who we are and what God has given us so that we could become and, and live the lives that he has purposed us for. Because, folks, there is more in you. Okay, There is more in you than what you are currently experiencing. So one last time, we're going to, to, to uh, share the statement that we've been building on week after week for the last four weeks, now the fifth week. Uh, here's what we've gone over. Ready? God has, blessed, God has blessed me with more than I need. I'm rich. I will not trust in riches, but in him who richly provides. Because I have more, I will give more, and I will do more. We are going to be rich in the things that matter most. 
So what we're going to talk about today is we are going to take everything we've talked about for the last four weeks, and then we're going to bring it down to a, a laser focus, okay, to, to us, okay, to where we're listening today. So what we're going to do over the next few minutes is I'm going to speak to every single one of you that are listening. I believe that, that God can do that because I do believe that there are things that God wants to say to, to his people, okay, specifically the things that, that you're experiencing. And I think he wants to speak life and, and breathe wisdom and may even bring a little ouch, you know, when it's necessary. It's kind of like that punch in the gut situation. So God wants you to be rich in good deeds. So write that down, okay? That's the first thing we need to discuss today. We have talked about this over in the length, okay? And in 1 Timothy 6.18, Paul says, command them to do good and to be rich in good deeds. Have you noticed that even in the last one, two, three years, that our world is becoming increasingly hostile to the things of God? It is blatantly obvious our culture is growing skeptical of not only Christianity, but of Christians themselves. There's an author by the name Brennan Manning, and many years ago, in one of the books he wrote, uh, that he left these words that um, consistently have, uh, or constantly have uh, made me unsettled, okay? He says this, the greatest single cause of atheism in the world isn't science teachers in public schools. They are not liberal politicians either. He says, the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today are Christians who come into a room, you know, like a worship center or a sanctuary or something, who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out those doors of that auditorium or worship center and deny him by their lifestyles. He concludes by saying, that is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. God has called us to live out a response to the grace he's given us. And so are we saved by good works? Absolutely not. It is Jesus alone, but but we are saved for good works, which Jesus or God prepared beforehand for us to do. So what do we do? Well, 1 Peter 2.12 says, We are then to live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God. It doesn't bring focus on us. It brings attention on onto God himself. And they glorify God on the day that he visits, right? So we're going to live in such a way that even though they don't believe in our God and they don't agree with our theology, they will not be able to doubt or dismiss our love or, or our selflessness, okay? And our hearts to serve and our, and our hearts to change a community and our hearts to be irrationally devoted to leaving the world uh, a different, different place. They may not necessarily believe and agree with your faith and beliefs, but they will not be able to deny how you live. That is what God has called us to do. He's called us to live and be rich in good deeds. God has called us to be rich in good deeds. Secondly, he's called us to be rich in generosity. Okay, Proverbs 11.25, scripture says, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. The moment you look to give to someone else, to to meet someone else's need, the Bible says that it's going to come back to you and that you yourself will be refreshed. We have been saying, you know, this for a while, especially in our church, that we will lead the way in irrational generosity, okay? We believe with everything in us that it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And I hope you feel that way as well, especially as a Christian, we should always feel that way. 
Uh, I met a couple uh, a few years ago, and they were newly married, and they had asked all the people that attended their wedding not to bring any gifts. You know, no china, no silver. Uh, they said we're not going to get 27 cookie sheets and 17 crock pots, okay? Uh, you know how that goes, okay? They said, hey, here's what we'd like to do. We would like you guys to, to bring money and donate to our cause. And so all the guests brought money. And so they got all the money together and their first act as husband and wife was to write an irrational check to their church. And here's what they told me of why they did that. They said, because our marriage will be built on the foundation of irrational generosity. That is who we are as a church. And I don't mean specifically our church. I'm talking about us as God's church, okay? That is the heartbeat of, of our church, but it should be the heartbeat of we as Christians. We are our and will always be the most generous people on the planet because that is who God called us to be, okay? We're going to be rich. We're going to be rich in good deeds, and we're going to be rich in generosity, the third thing that we want to write down and we, we're going to put the laser focus on is we are going to be rich in relationships. John 13, 34 through 35 says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you so that you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The way you love and the way you need one another, that's the words of Jesus, right? This is how everyone will know that, that he says that you're my kids and that you're my followers, okay? Here at, here at Chandler, we talk about life groups. And with me, with everything in us, uh, we believe that the heartbeat of this, of this church does not happen in an auditorium-style place, okay? It happens in living rooms, and it happens over shared meals. It happens over great cups of coffee all throughout the week, all over our, our city, you know. And hopefully uh, you guys are in a situation that happens for you like that as well, okay? Now, on an average weekend at Chandler, uh, we will have a certain amount of out of amount of people, right? And but it's dependent on college football and and all those things, you know, vacations. I'm, I'm of course I'm kidding, but we have a certain amount of people. But and if we look at where we're at in our own church, we have a certain amount of life groups, and, and the math that when we put those numbers together is about a quarter of the amount of people attending our life groups is about a quarter of what our average attendance is. Okay, that means we can do better. And I believe you guys can do better, okay? We need to be better at needing each other. And I get that we are busy, and I get there's another night is another night, right? But here's the deal. You will make time for what you want to make time for, okay? You will prioritize what is important to you. And so I'm telling you, the greatest blessings in, or not just the greatest blessings, but one of the greatest blessings in your life, okay, is probably uh, in a situation or at home or, or when you're in church, is sitting to your left or to your right, okay? And, and, and if it's in a church situation, there's probably uh, a, a, a scenario where you might not even know each other's name, you know? So we can do better at needing each other, okay? We can do better. I want to share a story. Um, there's this guy, his name is Aaron, and he leads a life group at a, another church, not at our church. Uh, he's very passionate about his life group. He is actually so passionate that he named it a Latin word, and that's a big deal because if your life group is is named after, uh, used by a Latin word, that makes it for real. I'm just messing with you guys. <laughs> doesn't make it any more importance. But the point of it is he named it Agio. I, I think I'm pronouncing that right, Agio. And it means to cause, to grow, or to increase. 
And his vision for his life group is that people's faith would grow, that marriages would grow stronger, and that they would walk in victory, and that they would would be all that God wants them to be. Okay. Now I met Aaron uh, uh, many years back, and he and of, he and I have had coffee uh, a few times, and he likes to share some of his stories about his group. One of them went something like this: There's a, there's this couple that they were having in their life group, and they became unemployed and homeless. And they'd been tending for a couple of weeks already and being unemployed and homeless, and they didn't share with their group, but finally they decided they needed to share. And so once they, this group, his life group, found this out, they began to pray for them. And they also decided that they would help support financially, not everything, but a little bit to help them out, okay? And, and uh, they looked and, and networked with him to get uh, the husband a new job, and he finally got a job. And then uh, he went on to share with me that, well, now they have a job, and so they have the, employ- the employment coming in, the, the finances somewhat coming in, but they still needed a house, a home to stay in, to live in. And so they began praying again, and, and they supported a little bit more because they needed that help to, to get over the hump. And, and they finally were helping them look, and they found a house. And moving day comes, and everybody shows up. But they realize, hey, they've been homeless, and they've lost everything. They don't have anything. So the life group got together and basically furnished their entire house. Now that to me is a biblical community, right? And I know that's kind of a churchy word, but that's the picture of what God called us to have with each other. And Aaron continues to go on and he shares another story. He says, I have this burden for the men in the group that we would be the men that God made us to be and that we would fight for our marriages and that we would be godly husbands and that we would leave a legacy of righteousness to our children. So every Saturday morning, okay, they they begin to meet together in addition to their life group night, okay? And all of a sudden, over a six-week period, three of the men that came to his group recommitted their lives to Christ. Now that, again, is a biblical community. Now, I want you to think about all those things that happened in that one group, okay? You know, all the the, the helping each other out, uh, the homeless situation, finding a home, finding a job, helping them out, okay? As I read this, this, this passage of Scripture, okay, I want you to think about that scenario and, and what's going on. And, and the, what I'm reading for, from you is in the first church in Acts chapter 2, and it's 42 through, through 47. And it really just kind of goes through uh, what's going on in the new church and, and what happened, okay? Here's what it is. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, I will close with this. I'm calling you out as a church, as God's people. Because remember, church is not the building. Church is us, his people. I'm, I'm, I'm calling you out to not settle for the riches and the standard that our culture says is success. God is wanting us to be rich in him. 
And it starts with deep and intimate relationships. It starts with irrational generosity. And it starts with laying down our lives and using our gifts to bless and minister to those around us. Because we will not settle for anything less. Why? Because God has blessed us with more than we need. We are rich. We will not trust in our riches, but in him who richly provides. Because we have more, we will give more and do more. All for the glory of God. You know, uh, just just thinking back, you know, we we could be a, a way better uh, people, a, a, a church, than we are now. And, you know, we need to think about how uh, God has given us so many things and what kind of a legacy are we going to leave, not only just the people that we deal with now, but the, the generations to come. And understanding that being rich is not all about money. Being rich is understanding who God is in our lives and, and what we can do for others in their lives. That's what matters most. And so I thank you for being a part of this series. Uh, I'm looking forward to our new, new series coming in a couple of weeks. Uh, next week we have a little special show for you. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. I think it'll make you laugh and we'll have a good time. Until then, talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast or Chandler Acres Church, or if you'd like to support this ministry, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.